The Steelers are certainly back, and so is the news. We got trade talk potentially with James Washington. We've got potential drama with Kevin Donson and why he's not running with the first teams in practice. We'll discuss all of that right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's been up for the past few weeks. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, we got a little bit of a different setup here. We had some different technical difficulties going on at Casa de Carter, but we're working around it. You know, one thing that I've said, if you've been a longtime listener at the Locked On Steelers podcast, I tell my listeners, hey, we ride at dawn. And I said, you know what? So what if I'm going with technical technical difficulties? If they can ride at dawn, so could Chris Carter. And when we got the Locked On Steelers podcast, we ride at dawn. So we're getting it done here, keeping the show rolling despite any things that get in our way. Now, let's get right into the top Steelers news. Now, of course, Steelers won their preseason game. They had yeah, Friday. They're back at practice Saturday and Sunday. And then Adam Schefter struck. Now, if you're a Steelers fan, you've been keeping up with the, with the information Adam Schefter says he has a source that James Washington, the team's wide receiver, uh, arguably the fourth wide receiver on the team, he has requested a trade from from the Steelers, and that there are that there are talks initiating because of that. Then Mike Tomlin strikes back out on su- Saturday when he's asked about it at the at his press availability at Heinz Field after practice, and he says James Washington has not told him about any sort of trade, or he's not come to him or anyone about that that he knows of. And he says, you know, any anonymous sources, you could throw them out the window. So interesting stuff here. There's a few layers to this conversation that we got to dissect if you really want to understand what's going on. So, of course, James Washington in his fourth year in the NFL in a stacked wide receiver room. You know, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who was the youngest player in NFL history to get to 2,000 receiving yards. He's been a pro bowler. He's the, he was the, one of the top slot receivers in the NFL last year. He's a big name. They, they signed him back this offseason. You've got Deontay Johnson, great at getting separation. Everyone's excited for him to get things done. But also, you got to look at the potential of Deontay Johnson that just wasn't reached last year because he just consistently did not catch the ball. Then, of course, you get Chase Claypool coming off a phenomenal rookie season where he had 11 touchdowns in the regular season, 13 when you conclude the playoffs. He looks like he's on the track to be an A1 receiver in the NFL. Problem is with James Washington is that he was drafted in the middle of all those guys. Juju was drafted in the second round of 2017, Washington in the second round of 2018, Deontay Johnson early in the third round of 2019, and of course Chase Claypool the second round of 2020. The team has, this is what the Steelers do. They love to stack their receiver room. And there's different sides of this. Let's presume for a second this is a real story. I know Mike Tomlin has said not, but I'll, I'll get to that in just a minute. Let's presume this is real. Steelers fans, 
There's nothing to be mad at at James Washington here. He's in the fourth year of his rookie deal, which means next year he's a free agent. And he needs to figure out how he's going to prove to the NFL that he's worth a big contract. And if you're a Steelers fan, if you've watched James Washington, you've appreciated his work. In 2019, when all the quarterbacks were down, he led the team in receiving. He showed that he could be a vertical receiver, a physical receiver, a blocking receiver, a guy that when he gets the ball, if a small quarterback's in his way, he's probably going to move them out of his way. He's been a tough fighter and a guy that a lot of fans have come to like. But the problem is, is that you got Deontay Johnson, whose separation is just on another level. You've got Chase Claypool, whose ability to get down the field, his speed and size and his strength are better than James Washington's. And then you got Juju, who just operates out of the slot better, who's been more consistent for the team over the past few years and been a bigger playmaker. That's tough to ignore. And so James Washington finds himself in a predicament where now he has to wonder, okay, how what, how many touches am I going to get this year? How many targets am I going to get this year? Because not only do you have those three receivers ahead of him, you got Eric Ebron at the tight end position who's going to get a good amount of targets. You got Pat Frymuth, who they drafted in the second round this year, who's going to get a good amount of targets. And of course, you've got Najee Harris, who they're going to be running the ball with and going to be giving him a lot of targets in the air as well. So if you're James Washington, you have a potential of being the seventh option in this offense. That's a tough bill. That's a tough situation right now because when you look at James Washington and you look at his potential, anybody that studies him knows, hey, that guy could be a number two, number three receiver anywhere. There's some teams that he could probably be a number one receiver on. And he has the attitude that everyone loves. He's never been me, me, me. He's never gotten, you know, he's never, you know, been about popularity. You know, for those that don't like Juju and Claypool for dancing, even though I think that that's, you know, that stuff gets over overplayed a lot, but that's fine. If you don't like that, James Washington doesn't do that. The guy loves to work on a farm. The guy's very much to himself. And he has a swagger about him. You talk to him, he, he's, he has confidence, but he just shows it in a different way. But now he needs to be able to find a way to show the NFL, hey, before free agency hits next year and the salary cap booms and everyone's going to be spending all their money in, in, in that free agency pool, I want to show that I'm worth that kind of money in the free agency pool so I can get that money. But as always, there are two sides to every story. There's a Steelers side to this. I want to get into that Steelers side in the next segment. But first, I got to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that sponsor is Stat Hero. Did you know that 85% of the people who play daily fantasy sports lose. Is it really that surprising though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do, and you don't stand a chance. But let's introduce Stat Hero to you. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's just you versus the house in a head-to-head -head fantasy matchup. You, you name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control, and Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. -on -one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. That's giving you a 300% match that's unheard of. 
Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Again, that's stathero.com slash locked on. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Continuing our show here, we got to keep talking about James Washington. But remember, you can watch this show on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That really helps us out a lot. You can also listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. And also, remember, when you rate us five stars with a positive comment, you get a shout-out at the end of the show. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques, as you see below here on your YouTube screen. Now, as I said, different setting. We're working with it. But let's get back to James Washington. because. Like I said, there's two sides to this discussion. This is a layered discussion. This isn't as simple as, oh, man, James Washington, he's been good for you guys. He's been cool to you guys. He hasn't caused you any problems. Why don't you pay him? Well, the Steelers have a history of just being able to go out and find whatever receivers they need. James Washington is in a situation that he can share with a lot of other receivers over the years that have donned the Steelers' jersey, been very good for the team, but just not good enough for the team to keep. If just starting since 2000, Plaxico Burris drafted is the highest drafted pick of the Kevin Colbert era was inside the top 10 played really solid through 2004. Couldn't afford to keep him. Went on to the giants. Antoine Randall came in shortly after that. And in fact, the trio of those two and Heinz Ward was a lot of fun to watch back in the early 2000s. But after Antoine Randall showed off in the in Super Bowl 40, Washington wanted to pay him a lot of money. So he got that money, had to move on. The Steelers couldn't afford to pay him that because they had to pay everybody else. And then they find Antonio Holmes, and he's the Super Bowl MVP of the next Super Bowl. But then, years later, when Antonio Holmes has to get shipped off, not because they were too full in the receiver room, but because he had his other issues, they went and draft in two years. They get Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, and Emmanuel Sanders. And as we know through history, Antonio Brown was the guy that stuck with the team. But Mike Wallace was a major playmaker for the Steelers. Arguably, you could say he was as big of a playmaker that was that didn't receive a second contract in Pittsburgh that they've had during the Kevin Colbert tenure. He had a 10-touchdown season, for goodness sake. Same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. Really good player, really good receiver. But Antonio Brown was clearly the best of those three. So you had to keep him. You could even look at the guys that came after them. Marcus Wheaton, a solid number three receiver. Got over 200 yards against Richard Sherman and the Legion of Boom defense when they went up against them. In that defense's prime. But the Steelers had Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, and they were paying Le'Veon Bell, and they were trying to get all these other things done to revamp the defense, and they were paying a heavy a lot of money to an offensive line to keep them together. Couldn't afford to keep Marcus Wheaton, sorry. And Martavis Bryant. Though his situation was they got rid of him because they, they couldn't deal with the suspension stuff anymore, and they got good trade value for him. The Steelers are just, they're used to retooling and reloading at wide receiver like that. So... Why are they going to lose a lot of sleep over James Washington? Now, they should, and they will try their best to keep him. I'll get into that in just a sec here. Because it's all about trade value. 
So because immediately when the story went out, everyone starts thinking, all right, where does he go? Does he go to New Orleans? Is to because they, they don't have Michael Thomas and they need a wide receiver. Does he go to Green Bay to pair with Devontae Adams? You can't put him in the AFC North. You definitely don't want him in the AFC because you don't want to have to see this guy and help him boost another offense that you're going to have to play getting ready. Though if you send him to the Green Bay, you'll have to face him because he'll be with Aaron Rodgers when you play those guys early in the season. But so all this trade thinking you know, got people thinking, oh, is he worth a fourth round pick? Is he worth a fifth round pick? Is he worth a player that you could get? Can you package that deal? Slow it down, Steelers fans. Let's think about this rationally. Is it really worth a fourth round pick when the Steelers know they are locked up in their depth at wide receiver if he's on this team? If you're getting rid of James Washington, who you have in control of your contract for the rest of this year, that's worth more than just a simple fourth-round pick next year. Because this year, you're trying to win. And you know, with him on your roster, yes, he may be the seventh <laughs> option on this offense, maybe the fourth receiver in this offense. But you know that if Claypool or Deontay or Juju go down, guess who's your number three? This guy over here, and you're excited about that. And there's been several times when the Steelers have injuries, their injuries at wide receiver have gotten to the point where they needed guys like Kobe Hamilton and guys coming off the practice squad, DeMarcus Ayers and all these other guys that to get playing time. And yeah, they have Ray Ray McLeod behind him and you know, people like Ray Ray McLeod and there's Rico Bussey who's been showing out in training camp, but James Washington's a proven commodity and that proven commodity is worth something. Now the one situation where I see a trade potentially working is if you can get him for a valuable player right now. If there's an off-ball linebacker somewhere that can cover really well and doesn't cost you a lot against your cap, yeah, sure, make that trade happen. If there's an offensive tackle you feel is better than Banner or Chooks uh, or Dan Moore, then maybe you add that guy. But here's the thing. What team is going to offer a whole lot of value for James Washington, right? Because he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season. He's not a premier wide receiver. He's been stuck behind all these other guys. And now this story's floated out here by Adam Schefter that, you know, he wants to be traded. Are you really going to get that much in return for him in that situation? And if you're not, then don't make the move. Don't force it. Now we'll say this at training camp. James Washington, his, uh, the, the, on Saturday, the first practice after this news broke, right? They're doing seven shots. He goes on the field for his first snap. First snap, Mason Rudolph looks right to him, throws it to him. Perfect ball, perfect catch in the corner end zone. Whole crowd erupts, and you see the entire offense go up and tap him on the head. Way to go, James! And they're trying to, they're like, yeah, like this is our guy. We believe him because they know what the news is, is going on. And again, whether or not this news is real, you do have to understand that James is in a bit of a predicament. He wants to make his money. The Steelers know they don't need to commit to anything serious right now. And the Steelers also know that, hey, what could end up working out is at the end of this season, say James doesn't blow it up statistically, they'll be able to probably sign him for a much less expensive deal than maybe a Juju Smith-Schuster. Because remember, his deal, the, deal, the one-year deal that he signed to come back with the Steelers is done this year. And they'll say, you know what? We can rock with James Washington and Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool and then our tight end package and Najee Harris, and we're cool with that. But there's a lot of different things that could happen here. There is no bad guy in this situation. James Washington's not a bad person because he 
wants his shot if that's what the, if that's what's really happening there. And the Steelers are bad guys because they're like, you know what? We can't move you up in the depth chart because we believe in Chase Claypool. We believe in Juju Smith-Juju. We believe in you. But these guys offer more things to the offense right now. At least that's what we see. So if that's what the Steelers' mentality is, which I believe it is, it's tough to really get on them or anyone. It's just an unfortunate situation where James Washington wants to get his. But who knows? Maybe this can become a fortunate situation. Maybe he gets more targets. Maybe they find a good, a suitable trade partner. We will keep you up to date with that on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But there was some more crazy news that happened at training camp because, whoo, Kevin Dotson was back, did practice, and he hadn't been practicing. But there was some stuff that went down. I'm going to break that down in just a sec. But first, I got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. Remember, if you want a healthy treat that tastes like a candy bar, Built Bar is the protein bar for you. That's right. I said a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar because it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And it comes in so many different flavors. Whether you want a fruity snack like raspberry, strawberry, orange, or something different like salted caramel, cookies and cream, or a new flavor, Rocky Road, or personal favorite of mine, Double chocolate. Built Bar has all the flavors you could want to enjoy. And the best part, they're all healthy. They range from 130 to 180 calories. They, 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 they give you 17 to 18 grams of protein, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. That's a tasty and healthy snack that'll save you from eating that snack that you'll regret later. And it stays on task with anyone's diet. Order today and you'll get your favorite flavor delivered right to your door by going to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. We also got to tell you about our friends at betonline.ag because you know, Football season is approaching. You'll want to get on all the gambling action on betonline.ag, the best online sports book. You can get all the odds on records, stats, awards, and season winners on the NFL season right on betonline.ag. Pittsburgh fans, your over-under for team wins this season is at 8.5, which means as long as they get 9 wins, it's 9-8, and eight, as long as they avoid a losing season for the first time, or for the you know, as long as they make sure they don't have a losing season for the first time in Mike Tomlin's tenure as coach, you're going to win money this year. That's how easy you can win money at betonline.ag. You can also bet you can also bet on all the MLB action going on this summer, but before the next pitch and before the next snap, go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all their great sporting news, sign-up bonuses and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But don't forget to use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N all capital letters all one word. Locked on. When you go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing things here, wrapping things up on the show. We talked a lot about James Washington. We'll probably dip back into this a little bit tomorrow. We're looking to have Tony Serino back on. And if you're a long-time listener of the show, you know my man Tony on Tony Tuesdays likes to put on the tinfoil hat and get into the conspiracy theories. So he'll probably get us some good conspiracy theories on James Washington. But there's also some good conspiracy theories to be had about Kevin Dotson. Now, Kevin Dotson, as you know, second-year guard, fourth-round draft pick, started four games last year, but was the backup for the team. You know, he was a backup for most of the season. when he, when he uh, And so, like, you know, that's how that came. But then we know he hasn't played in training camp yet. And we've seen 
how that's, you know, we've seen him like on the sidelines. He's been dressed, but not practicing. And, you know, there's, and the Steelers haven't had a full offensive line yet in training camp. And they want to make sure this offensive line is good to go so that they can practice and finally get some chemistry building because they need to do that with this young offensive line that's never played together before. But Kevin Dotson did return on Sunday to practice at Heinz Field. And during when seven shots came out, it was reported and it was seen that. It was all of the starters back on the offensive line. Zach Banner at right tackle, Chukumo Korfor at left tackle, Kendrick Green at center, and Trey Turner at right guard. But Rashad Coward was still the first team's left guard. And, you know, people were asking, well, what's up with that? Well, when Mike Tomlin was asked this, was asked this question, he said, quote, Kevin Dotson has not done, has done, or has done nothing to earn first team reps. What are we talking about? He's a second-year guy that hadn't worked. Now, that quote by itself, you sound like, wow, oh, that's that's interesting because everyone was really excited about Kevin Dodson. In the four games that he started, he looked phenomenal at times. He was a great run blocker. He was really good at picking up pass protection. And even PFF, which normally grades the Steelers on a downward scale, graded him very high for his performances last season. And so this harkened back to a report that I talked about on this show from my, my colleague, my boss at DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic. He reported about a month ago, I want to say, at the end of minicamp, that there, there were sources, he had sources within the side of the Steelers that the coaches were not happy with Kevin Dotson at the stage that he was in. Something to do along the lines of being in shape or being prepared or being ready for something this year. I know there's there's different takes on what was actually said there. But the bottom line is that there was unhappiness within the Steelers coaching staff about Kevin Dotson and how things had been working out in minicamp. So then you hear this and Dayon to his credit was like, I told you so. I wasn't fooling with this source, but Kevin Dotson fired back. First, Kevin Dotson tweets out saying, uh, uh, quote tweeting Brooke Pryor, who quoted the situation as well. He says, when Tomlin says I haven't worked, he means I legit have not been practicing and, because I've been out with an injury. It sounds weirder when you read it on Twitter. And then he came back at Dayon, seeing Dayon's tweet. And he says, I, have practiced, uh, I haven't practiced but once since we've been back. Uh, he feels like the journalist would research that. Now, Kevin's being a little touchy there, you know, because De- Dayon's just reporting. Look, Dayon got a source that said something. He reported what the source says, and now he's getting this. This is two waves of information coming together for him. So that's natural. He's going to report that. Now, here's where I see this situation, because Kevin Dotson, everyone's excited to see him play, right? Everyone thinks he's the starting left guard. But you can't, you can't forget the point that last year in the playoff game, when Matt Fowler got back healthy, Matt Fowler was the left guard, not Kevin Dotson, because he was a rookie. He was a fourth-round draft pick. He hadn't earned the starting role yet for the team. Now, you know, the question of when people say, oh, is Kevin Dotson in shape? Look at the way he's working out. Yeah, there's no question. Kevin Dotson's in shape. He's ready to go. And I'll, and I'll say that, you know, when you watched him, even in just the light drills they did in his first day back, he was looking ready to go. But Kevin Dotson's point, which, to his credit, is that he hadn't practiced yet and he wasn't a he wasn't a solidified starter last last year like Zach Banner was like Jakumo Korfor was because they came back from their injuries and they're right with the first team because they've been on the first team Kevin Dotson has to earn his way there and so his point is all Mike Tomlin is saying is I need to be healthy 
and I haven't been healthy. And that's why I'm with the second team, because it was my first day back. So two different wavelengths of how this could be perceived, right? Dayon's where the team isn't happy with you, Kevin Dotson. You got to get some stuff together, whatever it may be, whether it's in shape or being prepared. Then there's Kevin Dotson wavelength is, hey, it's not that they're not happy about my preparation. They just didn't like the fact that I was physically unable to perform during camp, which also was interesting because there were a lot of days where he didn't practice, but he was dressed. He had his shirt, he had his jersey on, he had stuff on, he was doing his own warm-ups. But sometimes trainers will be like, hey, man, there's something going on with him or there's something that we want to be careful about. It's early in preseason. Let's let him rest. Let's not tweak this situation. Who knows why he's not out there? But it's certainly something to keep our eye on because this offensive line is going to be a pivotal point for this Steelers season. If they're good, everyone's going to love it. The run game's going to be there. Najee Harris is going to take over. All the excitement in the world. Fireworks. If they stink, Maybe the Steelers try to mitigate it. Maybe they'll be they'll have to resort to that quick passing game again. Maybe Najee Harris doesn't do as well this year. And maybe Ben Roethlisberger takes a couple hits that make him think, eh, this, this is my last season, and maybe he gets hurt at some point. But again, these are all maybes. We don't know what the situation is. If you're asking me, Chris Carter, what I think is going to happen here, Kevin Dotson is going to be the starter of week one by this team. This I, I think what Tomlin, what Tomlin's saying was is that this guy wasn't a starter for us last year. He filled in a fair few games. He's been hurt all training camp, which has been two weeks now. So yeah, I'm not gonna put him with the first with the first guys. He has to earn that spot. And not that Rashad Coward is not, you know, an NFL caliber player. But the way that Kevin Dotson looked last year, he's gonna get that shot. But again, and I said this with Adam Crowley on Steeler Nation Radio. On Sunday, when all this stuff was going out, we had our radio show on Steel Nation Radio. So check that out, by the way. We both said it's the proof will be in the pudding. Kevin Knotson will get the chance to show how ready or not ready he is. And when that happens, then we can talk about it. And then we can say, okay, yeah, he's not ready. Or, okay, yeah, he is ready. And this was a bunch of hubbub about nothing. But we will see. Because the Steelers take on the Eagles this Thursday in their second preseason game of the season. And if he plays in that game, we'll see how ready he is. But we're not done talking about this. I'm sure we will be back tomorrow with, I want Tony Serino's thoughts on this. Cause you know, he's going to put on his tinfoil hat and it's something funny for y'all who are watching this on YouTube, because if you've been listening to the podcast, you know, you hear him say tinfoil hat and you hear him say Matt Canada. He has a Matt Canada hat that he actually puts on when we would be recording because we'd see each other in video, but it would always be an audio show. And he has a tinfoil hat that he would put on that would I would only see. And so I'd have to either contain my laughter or you'd hear me laughing on the show. But with this show now, with us being in video format on YouTube, you'll probably get to see him wear some hats. Hopefully we'll get him tomorrow. Just got to make sure things line up because I'll be covering practice again tomorrow at Hinesfield or today at Hinesfield, excuse me, because I'm recording this late on a, on a Sunday night. But Monday, the Steelers continue practice. I expect fully padded practice. We'll probably see some hitting. Got some reports from that. Tony Serino, all right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Remember, subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Odyssey, all the different ways that all helps us out. And rate us five stars with a positive comment. It really helps us out. And remember to follow me, Chris Carter, at Carter Critiques on either Twitter or Instagram. Be back in your ears and on your screens tomorrow. That's Tuesday. More right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast.